Welcome to the State of Men. I'm Aiden Dowling. And I am Mike Watts. You are thrilled to be here, aren't you, Mike? Anyone call you Mike? I am sorry. I was distracted. I was watching our recording uploading for a previous episode, and I, yeah. So I was not fully <laughs> focused on, even though I just pressed record to start this one. <laughs> and there's a countdown. Uh, today, in today's episode, we're going to chat about why men are afraid of having daughters. This has kind of been an interesting topic that's been coming up, especially because it feels like every time I see one of those gender reveal videos, um, which are terrible, and we could talk about that in another episode, um, the guys always just get so ecstatic when they see the blue. They just yes. go off. And I've literally seen some where they cry when they see the pink. And they're it's like, true. Dis they're that. disappointed. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, especially Mike is somebody who has two daughters. Um, so I think that is a good insight. And I have a son, so we got both sides of the coin here hey. from different perspectives well, also. So that's good, too. Bit. Ruby just showed up. So one of the daughters yeah. just interrupted the podcast. There you go. See, there you go. She just she knows that we're talking about her. Um, so I'm curious in general like it how how like so i guess we'll just say how are you doing mike how are you feeling how are things rolling for you i am doing pretty well i would say now i'm distracted because there's a kid here <laughs> she just laughed <laughs> uh, but i want to you mentioned something before we start recording about the jewel and joe rogan episode <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. And so why well, don't you give me your – I'll just I, – I watch – I listen to that because I think this actually is a great topic to start with as we dive into here. Oh, yeah, that's true. Is I listened to the Joe Rogan – Joe Rogan interviewed Bye -bye. Jewel. Bye-bye. Interviewed <laughs> Jewel. I am so looking forward to getting out of the house to record episodes <laughs> in the future, people. So looking forward to it. Um. But basically, it was th over three hours long, and it was incredible. It was one of the best podcast episodes I've ever listened to because Jules' story is crazy. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's wild. And so, yeah, let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, so I, I ha you know, I like really have listened to Joe Rogan and love some of the things he says. And then some of the other things he says, yep. I'm like, I absolutely hate this. This is complete trash. So when you said to listen to the episode, I was like, okay, Jewel, it sounds interesting. I can get Open into mind. this yeah. 90s kid. And I'll be honest, it is, as you said, three hours. So I haven't completely finished it. I just, I just haven't had the time in the 20 yep. minute drive here and the 20 minute drive there. But it is interesting enough where I'm like, I'm going to finish this at some point. Like, Have you listened to the – the mom hasn't come up yet. Like No, so the mom, the mom – okay. no. But in general, the story of Jewel and how she was raised on a homestead and all of these things are very interesting. I had no idea that her family is that Alaskan – wildlife on uh, Discovery. Is that what it is, Discovery Channel? I don't, I've never seen it. But yeah, never, I think it's on Discovery. I've seen commercials for it because I really yeah. like that that Pickers show. Yeah. She's uh, like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. Know? I was just like, what? So it was very – and then she was homeless for all of this time. Like I had – I don't know. I never saw the VH1, you know, behind the behind the music, you know, back in the, in the 90s when they had that. And, yeah, just a very interesting story. Again, 
really cool to just hear where she came from and that she was homeless and her like addiction to stealing stuff was really interesting to hear about because you'd never hear about addiction in that way. You never hear about Mm -hmm. addiction being stealing. And, you know, I think more commonly you've heard about addiction to porn and, and other things outside of substances. So it was really cool to hear about that. And I look forward to listening to all of this part just based on what you've talked about it sounds like she talks about like being in the music industry and being a woman and right correct she yeah i mean the biggest thing i could think about leading into this episode today was she talked she left home at 17 i think i think it was 17 or 15 it was either 15 or 17 i think it was actually 15 she left home but she didn't leave her town and then she right. moved out of Alaska when she was like 17 or 18, something like that. that. Yeah, now I now that's right. I think because her mom ended up moving to San Diego. So she went to San Diego, but then her mom left and she stuck in she was stuck in San Diego, and that's when she became homeless. Mm. And then she became famous with the pieces of you. I think that was the name of the album. Um, at 20 is when her career exploded. And mm. She explains like sales numbers and she talks a lot about the issues with her dad between her and because she left home so early because she was physically abused by her father and like mental abuse was happening there and she just knew she couldn't stay there anymore and deal with that. So it, cause I think she was one of, and then she had three other brothers. I feel like there mm-hmm. was other more brothers in the situation. I can't remember all this. Details, She's the only but, girl. She had a bunch yeah. of older brothers and yep. her father was not home a lot. Right. Um, yeah. And then he started drinking, and that's when the abuse started to happen. Correct. And they were living off the land, right? They had an outhouse and they that they would eat. They would grow their own food. You know, so it's not a simple thing as, like, just going to the grocery store. That's not how they were living their life. Um, but it was a wild story. Highly recommend it. And how she has made it through but when you get to the part of her mother that is even crazier like it's wild and my favorite part of the episode was just joe's reaction to the story as she's explaining it and it definitely comes up around her mother like he couldn't comprehend Mm -hmm. what he was hearing (laughs) <laughs> and it was wild. He was like, I don't, he's like, I, this is too much for me to take in. Like, this, this is like, this is a man that's interviewed hours, like thousands and thousands of hours of people. And he's just, he's speechless, right? Yeah. In the situation, basically. Maybe, the story maybe that's why I like this episode yeah. so much. He actually doesn't talk that much. He doesn't talk that much. He, and it's actually like, really good. I've heard, Jewel I noticed it when he's interviewing people to hear their stories. He doesn't talk that much because. Mm. The people are talking the story. It's when you get into the statistical, statistical stuff. Like when you just look at data and you're just having an MMA conversation or you're just, I don't listen to all of his episodes anyway, but just the one, the ones I've chose to listen to. It's like mm-hmm. stuff like this, like Jewel, like hearing people's stories. This man uh, drops an episode like almost every day, like Monday through Friday. He used to hour episode. He stopped live streaming. Yeah. It's wild because he I got no in trouble idea. with a couple episodes because it was live stuff that was said by the people. People, right? Yeah, and because it was he would go live with the audience member. But yeah, I mean, he's talking like two to three hours it's to crazy. people. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's wild. It's a good gig, but he gets a hundred over a hundred million downloads per month. It's crazy. Per 
month. That's over a billion downloads a year. Yeah. That's with a B, a billion with a B. They're not downloads anymore, right? They're just streams now because I don't download anything because I have Spotify. Well, it counts as a download when it just shows up, right? So, yeah, well, I no. wonder about that. Actually, no, that's because inter- I yeah. don't have – it must be streams now. It can't be downloads. It just can't it's be. It's streams because it used to download – yeah, with, your... with Spotify – it's just streams. They're all there. I don't download anything. I never even thought about that. Yeah, interesting. Okay. I, I don't know. Same, I, w- I would say that's the same thing, though, because in order to listen to a podcast, you have to download You have to push it. play. Yeah, and I think that was just I'm curious to see to how it. numbers pull, change because before Apple just updated their podcast app, they just did an update like two months ago. Right. It was great, and then they really screwed it up. It's messy. That's my yeah. take. It's really messy. Yeah. And with with Spotify, yeah, you have to log in and click on like the podcast button. It just adds a little bit more steps. So I wonder if one day they'll just bump that out to be like there's the Spotify podcast app. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have, doubt that. That would be awesome. If they just, just separated music and podcast out. That's true. Um it would be cleaner. But yeah, that's it. So let's dive into kind of the article that you were just reading before. Yeah. So this is so go listen to the Jewel Joe Rogan episode. That's the point. Yeah, that was it, a good it one. It really goes into one. this topic we're talking about today. And again, I you know I have very mixed feelings about Joe Rogan, but it's fine. That doesn't mean everything is trash. It's just some of it is. I think it's a healthy uh, place to be, Aiden. Thank you. Yeah. I think we live in a culture now where we somebody says one bad thing and they're canceled for the rest of their life. Right. And it's just well, like that's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's another. Like, well, then it's like, at what point does the bad things to the point where you're just like, I just don't want to. I don't know if I'm going to hear a bad thing or not. Because right. that's what it is with sure. Joe Rogan, especially yes. in the trans community. It's kind of yeah. like he said enough things where I'm just kind of like, I don't really know if I want to go and even risk going right. in here. But with your your you leading, I was like, okay. And I like Jewel. You know, I definitely yeah. was into. You know, <laughs> listen. To I was into. Listen to the cis the white man. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. But I think it is because I've heard him say things that I'm like, what the fuck, Joe? Right. And then I've heard him say other things where he's supporting. Like it's right. like one day, it's like based off one day he'll say one thing and the next day he's like in the trans community, things I've heard him say. It's like against trans and then the next day he's like supporting trans. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, where's Depends the. Depends on what day. What but I also feel like I don't know smoke. if he's had a lot of trans people on to basically correct True. him. Right. A lot of times we have to have somebody that says like, yo, dude, like, you know, it's like recognize what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think back my question, like the question I ask myself a lot is like how many trans people have actually showed up, have been on the podcast. Right. Right. Like, has he had a lot of people there to be like, you know, dude, you just can't, you know, like, let it go. Yeah. So Joe Rogan, if you're listening, happy to come on. You're right here in Austin. Let's do this. Let's get it done. I'm coming. It's happening. (laughs) Aiden's available. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm free. I'll make time for you. Um, okay, so I was just we were doing some googling about um just this concept of why men are afraid of having daughters because it's definitely there, but we don't. I don't think it's ever really talked about. I think it's kind of like a joke, right? It's almost like a joke in the way that it's like men are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do with a daughter. What do I do with a daughter, right? Um, Got to keep her protected. That's all that really comes up when we talk about those type of things. So doing some Googling, uh, I found this. It's girlsaskguys.com. So very interesting. I feel like people don't 
just given the format of this thread that I'm on, I feel like it's like a Discord thread where people are just really stating their own opinions, not holding back, which is good for this concept. So it just says, why are some men afraid of having daughters? I hear of some guys who are weary of having a daughter to raise them instead of a son, and why? So I found this answer, which I felt like was true. So it's from Joseph. And they say, I definitely don't want a daughter. Of course, if I end up having one, I'll love her just as much as a son, but I do hope I have a son. I know exactly how guys think and what we want. I definitely don't want my daughter to be facing that from other guys. Like someone I know once said, I'd rather worry about one penis making decisions than all the penises out there making decisions with my daughter. And that was a really interesting perspective that I think it's not as clear and elegant, but it's, I think what a lot of guys fear, which is they, and I, I'm curious what you have to say about this, Mike, because I, it's almost like men are, it, it, as a man who says they don't want a daughter, you, you are in some ways admitting that men are terrible creatures and that you should keep right. your daughters away from them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank like, you. That's, Thank that's, you for the clarity. <laughs> it is it is me and my own insecurities to be like, look at all the bad things I've done, and I don't want that happening to my daughter, so I just don't want a daughter. Right. So it would just be easier to be able to have a son who can and go and do whatever he wants. In a correction, or not a correction, but in addition to your article, it's also what governments have done to women. Absolutely. Right. Like even the child, I, because the, the big thing that sticks out in my head is like China's one child policy that was in an act, it was during the 80s and 90s. And it said traditionally male children, especially firstborn, have been preferred, particularly in rural areas, because sons inherit the family name, property, and are responsible for the care of the elderly parents. When families were restricted to one child, having a girl became highly undesirable resulting in the rise of abortions of female fetuses made possible because of ultrasounds. So, and then children, female children were placed in orphanages or orphanages or abandoned. And so there was this way to, and then thousands of Chinese girls were adopted by families in the United States and other countries. So we don't value female babies not just in China, that was just an example of this, but even mm -hmm. you're talking the Middle East, you know, it's like women just got the right to drive like in the last five years in Saudi Arabia. So there's also this aspect of, I mean, even women couldn't get a credit card in the United States without their husband, I think until the 60s, until mm -hmm. the 60s, like signed on the dotted line at the bank to, to, to vile or vi vile that's not the right word but to you know it's like give the support that this woman is worth the credit card or some sort of banking situation you know mm -hmm. and so it's it's as society has built in this structure as well and there's also what aiden's talking about mm -hmm. that's how we get to that right it's like how right. we get to that right right and so when i had when i when we got pregnant i wanted a girl in a different way in the sense Wait, that I just- were you, you were pregnant? <laughs> no, no, no. So let's, let's when Jay Lee got that. pregnant- <laughs> There we go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You're right. That's a good point. Uh-huh. When Jenny Lee got pregnant, and so how would I turn that into a we statement, or is it just not a we statement? Is it just it's not a when we Jenny st- Lee was pregnant? Right. So when... you're, you're a witness to her being pregnant. Like I was never pregnant. Right. Kate was pregnant. We had a right. child. She gave birth, but we have a child together. Right. Right. So it, so I mean, there's no we statement in that. There's just when Jalen no was pregnant. There's no we in. Yeah. So yeah. when. I'm just here. I'm just trying to figure out the best way this to is, say that. You know what yeah, I mean? This is good. Like the yeah. the yeah. I'm just trying to learn. So it's like when Jenny Lee was pregnant. Was pregnant, right? Yes. Yeah. But but a we statement could be when we were expecting. Would that be when we were expecting our first child? Would that at all? Yeah, that would make sense. Because I think that there's a fine line, right? Like I hear the concept of like, you're right. Like you shouldn't say when we were pregnant because I'm not fucking pregnant. And there's a very big difference between the role of the pregnant person and the not pregnant person, right? (laughs) I gained Um, as much weight as Kate did during her pregnancy, (laughs) but that doesn't mean I was pregnant. (laughs) That would just mean I had bad boundaries and habits. (laughs) Right. Um, So yeah, so just trying to like, you know, acknowledge uh, both roles, right? Um, Correct. Because like, I think that there is a proper role that like- While Jenny Lee was pregnant, I did X, Y, Z or something. Right, right, right. So while Jenny Lee was pregnant and we were awaiting to know the born sex sex of the baby, I thought, let's have a girl. That'd be easier. That was my first thought more because I just was, I was raised a girl. So I knew, I just knew what it would be. And I also think I was afraid of having a white male born child because I was just like, oh man, that's going to be a lot of work for me because I'm going to have to go through all my own insecurities of not being born a male. And then, you know, I don't, I don't want a white cis hetero dick head on my hands so that means i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to do a lot more learning right it was just it would just be easier in so many ways in my eyes um to have a daughter and so that's my experience though because i was born a female and i was like let's have a self-empowered kick-ass girl um right and so again it was easier for me which i think is relatable in the sense that a lot of these guys who say that they don't want a daughter and they'd rather have a son are thinking of the easier route. So it's like, I'm falling in that category indirectly in that category of just what would be easiest, but less in the sexist way of like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm going to have to, you know, my, I'm going to have to worry about all the guys she dates or da da da. Right. Um, and more of the, I want to like empower her and have like a, a dad male figure that like supports her and is like, yeah, go get it. Um, but then, you know, the universe was like, well, that's too easy. You've got to learn things and learn how to right. be a better white male yourself so you can teach your son how to be a better one, right? So what was your experience when you found out when Kate was pregnant that y'all were going to be having female-born babies? When we were pregnant and right <laughs> when we gave birth, you know, it was a beautiful, yeah, Um Right when we pushed it out. And, yeah, right uh, when we put, we man, we worked hard. That was hard. Yeah, that was hard uh, for, for everyone involved. I don't know who had more. I think I had more trouble with the birth. You know, just like it was. Yeah. Um, 
It's hard watching someone go through all that pain. I mean, it's just really tough to know there's nothing you can do to help them. So much. (laughs) Why she was laboring and I was just in the kitchen eating a sandwich. (laughs) Talking to the midwife, God damn, is this gonna happen? Is this baby gonna come out soon? I mean, come on, I got like, I gotta get some sleep, you know? Seriously, what's happening? Um, there was a part during labor where Kate was, you know, in contraction, and I'm sitting in the kitchen. I was like, I looked at the midwife, I was like, is the baby, like, is almost here? Like, what's this been going on for like three hours? Like, what's Did happening? she slap you? Did she immediately no, she, slap you in that moment? No, she was just, no, because I was actually genuinely cur- curious. Because oh, during oh, the gotcha. first time I watched, you know, the first baby, Kate's go, you know, she's the the contractions are so intense, you know, that were for her during this time because she was like eight, eight or nine centimeters. And I'm like, the baby's got to come out in the next five minutes. I mean, how can somebody go through this? <laughs> like, like, how is this sustainable? You know, like, right. you got to tell me that it's not going to be here for another two hours. Like what? Or right. days, you know, some women go through days, right? And yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how this works. But no, I was just genuinely curious. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, is it almost here? Like, is it almost here? Did she so we didn't you? know. <laughs> so with Penelope, the six-year-old, our oldest, we didn't want to know the sex so it was actually mm. a surprise mm, um fun. and then with ruby we ended up fine we found out i'm not sure why we wanted it we just found out we were just like yeah let's find out um i think because there were so many surprises with penelope in the beginning kate was like oh, let's actually you know and i really kind of left it up to her more than anything else because she's the one growing the baby and so i was just we just found out that ruby was a girl after a while with my life i just assumed that was going to be the norm it's just like Mm. we're having girls like but i think with penelope there wasn't i didn't have i wasn't a dad who was like die hard i want a son Mm. i never have been that way i wasn't like that previously um i don't fear having daughters i don't fear like there wasn't a joy of having you know i didn't have i didn't rank a son or a daughter over one another I was pretty in the middle of it with Ruby. When we found out there was a girl, there was about for about three to five minutes. I was like, Oh, that would have been cool to have a son. You know, I was a little like disappointed. I would Mm -hmm. say just because my life has been surrounded by women for so long. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, it would be great to get some testosterone up in this joint, you know, like to have a son. And, but then after that, I was like, okay, great. You know, whatever's going to happen, it's going to be, she's going to be awesome. So, yeah, that was my experience when I found out with Penelope and then also Ruby. What about some of the guy friends you have that have kids? I don't think I've ever talked to him about that. Like their reactions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had conversations with them about what their experiences were. We never went to a gender reveal party. Mm. I don't feel like anyone ever did one. That yeah, I've I never been to of. one either. Um. So I never saw firsthand what happened besides the stuff I've seen online. Did anyone ever say it? Did anyone ever say anything to you that indicated that they thought that maybe you were disappointed in having a girl? No, I called, I something to one of my friends once. They were, I could tell they were disappointed because they were having a girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So what did you say? That reaction, because I was never disappointed in having a girl. 
you know it never it's never disappointed me of having girls like real really digging in there mm-hmm. like i said after i found out ruby there was like a three to five minute kind of just that was i think just adjusting that it wasn't a, a boy type thing but it right. wasn't like a true full-blown like really disappointed because so um, you were saying with ruby you didn't know or you did know with ruby we found out oh okay, penelope, okay, gotcha, we did gotcha. not penelope gotcha. was we found out when she was born and it was also your second it was our right second. like your second yeah. so it's almost like maybe you knew like i don't know if we're gonna have another one or not after this so yeah. okay i guess this is i think unconsciously i it. knew there was no way we were having a boy <laughs> but consciously i was like there's like a 51 percent chance you know like, or 50 <laughs> i was like there's a chance like right. a 50 yeah. percent chance we will have sometimes a boy, they know? mess it up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't a um, finger you know <laughs> you're right <laughs> So, yeah, there wasn't a really, I didn't experience much disappointment around it. Mm, but I have mm. been fascinated. Like, one of, you ever see Bad Boys with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? No. Oh, there's this part in the show where they, the, their daughter is going to go out to the dance with this guy. Mm-hmm. So they play this joke on the guy where they, because they're both cops, right? So they get all strapped up, they get in their cop gear, and then he comes and answers the door. And then Martin Lawrence starts questioning him. What are you doing with their daughter? What are you doing? Like really intense. Like, and it's all a big joke. And then Will Smith comes up. You better not, you better hold me back, Martin. You better hold me back. Like not getting in there with my daughter. Like this whole thing. I was like, that's what I want to do in the future. But it's just like, it's like this intimidation thing, but it was also like a joke bill into it. But I also see how that plays into a lot of the stuff we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's, it is this funny thing where you can be, it's like, don't mess with my daughter. I'll come after you attitude, right? right. I'm going to come after you because it, it, it like invalidates the strength that your daughter carries around, right? right? It invalidates her that she can take care of herself. And, and I think with boys, before we go down that topic a little bit, mm-hmm. there's this image in my head of having a son um, is like playing catch in the side yard. It's like a ball game with him, right? Like mm-hmm. we build this thing around because it's like how we grew up or what it has been and what men have done previously with their fathers or our, our, our childhoods were so traumatic with our fathers that we hold on to this one instant that was healing and loving. And what we dictate mm-hmm. was loving by our dads, like those loving moments. So it's like, I want to share that with my kid as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's saying like going up in Chicago, it's like my, my grandfather used to go to the Cubs games. My great, my great grandfather used to go to the Cubs, was a Cubs fan. And my dad was a Cubs fan. We used to do all this stuff together, but mm. we, it's, we take it out of this. We, we, we act like the daughters won't enjoy going to the Cubs game with you, right? It has to be a son, a man thing. Like we put in the man box category. Right. Um, and I think that's a lot of times what comes to the son and like in the woods and we're like got our <laughs> axes out and we're chopping down trees in right. our flannels, you know? Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm wearing a flannel right now. Actually, I know that's why I said it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're matching today for everyone on the YouTube. We got some we matching gear going on. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I like, uh, it's interesting. This concept of taking away the power that your daughter does have. Right. I, I'm like Googling and there's so many shirts so many shirts for girls that are like this one says, I have a beautiful daughter. I also have a gun, a shovel, and an alibi. <laughs> like, like they have so many shirts around like guns and the like amount of and yeah. 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 Like just the amount of of uh you know 
yeah, just just the amount of things that even like girl dad, uh, no dad, what is it? Is it girl dad? Yeah, girl dad, like the pride, like like if you do have a daughter, you're like, you know, you like heavily, like you bring in the masculine by like being like, I'm a girl dad, duh, what's the matter with that? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it just takes away all of the power that this little girl who's going to grow up to be a, a, a young woman is like, has all, can take care of herself in some ways, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, it's just very interesting. And it, there's a direct tie for me as a trans person when we talk about this subject of how men are kind of like they're very aware that that men are dangerous or they they mm -hmm. hold this belief that men are dangerous because i guess they see themselves as dangerous or they know what they've done right in that one comment it was like i know what i've done to girls and I know exactly how other boys think, and I know yep. that they're going to do those things to my daughter. And I would rather have it done to someone else's daughter by having a son than having it done to my own daughter. Right. And it makes me think of the bathroom bills and how strong uh, opinions from men are about not allowing trans women into the women's restroom. And it's because it and it, it makes me think like, wow, so men think that other men are such trash that they will dress up as women and enter a woman's room to then take advantage of the women in that room. Like that's how low they think other men will mm -hmm. stoop. Same thing with the um, uh, trans sports bills. Like they think that men are so egotistical that they will dress as a woman live life partially as a woman so then they can go compete with other women and win the gold medal. To get a gold medal, right. And it's just like, wow, like y'all do not think very much of yourselves. Right, we are very insecure and it's possible, right? There is a small, small percentage that will actually do that. It's just, it's wild, right? I mean. But it is, it, but the vast majority of, like, 99.999% I mean, it's, it's not nothing it's we not going to happen about. yeah it's yeah. not going to happen and and it's not it wouldn't happen where someone wouldn't find out it's not it, it you right it wouldn't be something that you you would find out if if someone was dressing as a woman just to compete right like it would be clear right and like Correct. there have been with the bathroom bills it's like there have been more legislation legislators and like government officials who've been caught having sexual acts in bathrooms than there have trans yeah. people <laughs> you know so it's just it's like it's yeah. not happening. republican republican lawmakers that are going after <laughs> lgbtq that happen to show up they're having sex with men right right, right. <laughs> like, right. yeah I mean, this this is way more common than it's like so it's... stupid because like if i go to a restaurant that only has one toilet we're all using the freaking same toilet right, right? you right. know it's like yeah exactly yeah. exactly and so it's it's just interesting how we have this correlation and how and then there's this concept of we kind of teach as you were saying before like societally like we teach that women are fragile, fragile. and they're yes. exactly unable to take care of themselves and as men we must be their protectors and that's where our role is best served right is to protect these women and then i see this correlation between um, a friend of mine was telling me about how when they transitioned and now 
now they're seen as, you know, a man in the world. And they're like, a f they feel awkward around little kids, particularly little girls, because they so don't know how to interact. The trans man feels uncomfortable around little girls. Right. Because as he's, a man. Now. Right. Because he's like, right. well, because he's coming from having lived as a woman for 30 some odd years, because they are transitioning a little later in life. And they're like, because I have always been afraid of men around my daughter, because he has mm. a daughter. And he's like, and now I'm the man that and I know how that mom is thinking when they see me bend down and say, hey, how are you? Oh, what are yep. you doing? Da, da, da. Right. And it this reminds to me, me in the park the other day. OK, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. love to just hear. Yeah, our story. kids were playing. Well, they were playing underneath this. They were we were all at a playground and they were playing underneath this setup situation, this playground piece of equipment. And Penelope left her, she has like an art kit that she carries around with markers and scissors. Penelope is, she's very into art. Can't, like, I love it. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, she'll finish one art project, start the next art project. She'll, in the morning Miami's, before she even goes to school, she'll be three, there'll be three art projects going on. Miami's a great yeah. place for art. It's a great place. It's a great place for art. Yeah. So she left it there and I went to the bathroom and you have to walk across the playground to go find the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and I came out and I saw all these other girls underneath where, where our kids were playing. And there was like three or four, cause our, we had friends, we were all there. There was like four kids in our circle that we were with and they were all playing with the thing. And I just went directly under the playground and I was like, that's Penelope. She's going to freak out if she sees other people playing with this in my head. Right. So I just went over and was like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to take this back to my daughter because this is her playground. Is that fine? And they were just like, yeah, that's fine. And immediately I turned to my right and there was one of the moms standing next to me. Because it was like some random man coming up to his daughters underneath the playground, a piece of equipment. I didn't think anything. I was just like doing, you know, it's like yeah, I didn't think anything right. of. But then I, I, as soon as she showed up, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm just picking this up. She's like, okay, okay, okay. And then she was like, come on, girls. Out of there. And I think yeah, she probably from that watched man. me. <laughs> yeah, she probably watched me walk back to where I was and then probably never thought anything of it, but just watching this random guy circling a playground. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. like I didn't notice it, but I'll notice it in the future where it's like if I go do that again, I'll just look around and see, be like, hey, you know, I'm just going to get the art or just make the person, the parent aware mm -hmm. that that's what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the fear i mean it, at so many angles right it's the way yeah. that you know it's just what we teach i think it's also how we teach little girls to be afraid of men too right it's like we're teaching them to be afraid because their mom they see that mom is kind of afraid and uneasy and they can feel the energy there yeah. and the mom is afraid because of her own life circumstances where she probably felt a lack of power for in her womanhood right yep. um and it's just you know it's this like it's it's sad and it's also hard because there is uh, i mean look at the me too movement like women are taken advantage of molested and raped by men yep. and so it's like how do you balance this concept of like being aware that this is a strange man but also not trying to assume, right? Like being protective, but then not, trying not to assume that every man is like this, but also like keeping an eye out, but then thinking it's just, it's just kind of messy. And it shows yeah. up in all these different ways. It shows up in that instance, like you were saying on the playground, 
It shows up in the way that, you know, men can admit that men can be terrible at times and actually and then have the conversations with those guys that they know, right? The guy that they know or even themselves, like if they were the guy who like got the girl drunk at prom and she kind of wanted to have sex, but they knew that if they just kind of like pushed a little bit more, she'd be like, sure, it's prom or whatever, right? Like got enough consent for the moment that it would be okay to like do whatever they're doing. Um, And just like, just having those conversations about like, dude, not cool, you know, or like, you know, trying to, I've mentioned this in the past and I'll I'll say it again because it's just such a good movie. Um, It's called Pretty Young Woman. No, what's it called? It's not called Pretty Young Woman. It's called uh, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, have you ever heard that line? They say, oh, you're such, she was a promising young woman until she got pregnant at 19 or whatever, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you've talked about this a lot. I haven't watched it yet. You should watch it. It's great. It's a lot. We could do a a review on it. It could be a a movie. It would be great. It's a lot. It was very triggering even. It was just triggering for me just to watch it. Um, But it's, again, just this concept of the good guy and, like, you know, just – I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to come into having being a trans man and having come into the this world of men and trying to hold space for the fact that a lot of guys are trying to change, right? So like you and I, everyone listening to this podcast, no matter who you are, and then like we're trying to change. We're also upholding all of this crap that we need to let go of. But then we also are masculine and there are things that are okay with that masculinity and then there's things that are not okay. And I don't know, it's kind of, it's just messy because I don't want... It's very, it's very messy. Yeah, I don't, I want to be able to be like, women, like we shouldn't be scared of men at parks. And then it's like you read another article about a scary man in a park and it's just like, (laughs) fuck, you know? And then I try to approach the situation, which I, I've talked about in the past, which was the time that that we were at the par- at a park and the little girl came up to me. I was like, why are you wearing a bracelet or a necklace or something? Oh, you know, boys don't wear that stuff type of thing. Mm. Or, um, And I was just very – I kept looking back at the moms to make sure that, like, this interaction was okay. I was like, ah, let me just see if your mom's okay with me talking to you. I kept finding myself not wanting to talk to them because it just felt – sticky um yep so yeah so so I, I know that we've kind of gone in many different trajectories of this conversation but i think they all stem from that same seed right of this tree of just like we feel like women are fragile men need to be protective and that it i also wonder if another branch is like would would a you're probably not the right person to ask this question because you didn't have a lot of fear about having a daughter. But I wonder, for instance, for the guy that your friend that you're like, I think he was sad about not having a son. It's like, are they afraid that if they are unable to protect their daughter because their daughter is powerful and can do her own thing, that they're not going to be like a dad enough? Be needed, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also the legacy, right? Because the Mm -hmm. traditional, the traditional situation is that the man carries on the family's name true right so if you're ingrained that your job is to carry on the family's name 
then if all you have is daughters, then mm-hmm. your family dies. Like in this, this name dies. In some cases, it should die, right? Like there's <laughs> names that should end, right? I have a friend of mine who the man in the marriage took the wife's name. Right. And then I also have uh, friends who got rid of both of their last names and created their own. A new one. Yeah. Yep. And so they basically let it die. Right. So there is, I think a big part's legacy. It's like having a son carries on this. You think about like all like, I don't know if you ever watched, what was G O T? What was that? Uh, what was that show on HBO? I don't G-O-T. know. G O T. Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. You said G-O-T. That's what it was, Game of Thrones. That's the short. That's that's the short. Got. I got you. But in that, it's all about the legacy. It's about the family, and it's carrying it on, and family's everything. And, like, you're ingrained. Like, we're ingrained by so much stuff. There's so much. I don't know. Yeah, that's how you live. live. Like, you you kept the money in the family, and, the you know, it's like you got to stay in the castle. Right. If your name wasn't royalty, just look at royalty. Look at, you know, the UK with like the king and the queen and the whole shebang, the whole thing. It's like, it's a thing. Um, But I think there's a variety of reasons and everybody's a little bit different, but I do think the, it's like, as a man, we're supposed to protect our daughters, right? We have Mm -hmm. to keep them safe. But we're protecting them from ourselves. That's the thing that frustrates me. Because (laughs) I know... It is frustrating because it is when you look at the situation, it's I did for an example, like I didn't do damage to, you know, I didn't. At, at, OK, I can't say I don't really know because I did. I drank a lot of alcohol in college and what took place. I mm-hmm. think in my heart, I feel. I, I definitely had sex with under the influence. So, right. That's already against consent, consent rules. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But any forcing myself upon somebody or doing something that I felt was comfortable or not reading the room, I always felt I read the room in situations. But let's say I have a daughter and I haven't come to terms with that or reached out to people that maybe I caused damage with, and I be- I take my belief is that's going to happen to my daughter. Mm-hmm. There's n- there's not nobody like she's her own being, right? Her own human, her own person. That doesn't mean stuff that I did as a dad is going to happen to her, mm-hmm. right? But we think it's going to happen to her because of what we see in society and we see this, you know, it's <laughs> the odds are something will happen to her, right? Statistically yeah, where we're at, yeah. there's mm-hmm. whether it's grabbing a, a boob or a butt at a bar, like th- any of these mm-hmm. situations that will go down. But we did have somebody who lived across the street from us in Maine was a therapist or a counselor and one day, Ruby, we were at the beach and we were taking off her Penelope. We were taking off her bathing suit in the shower at the beach to like get all the sand out because it was everywhere, right? And she's like, I have sand in... She yells this. There's so much sand in my vulva. And she just screams <laughs> at the top of her lungs. So everybody around just starts yell, laughing because there's people everywhere, right? But we were telling the story to our neighbor and she said, actually, that prevents harassment towards women if women know the names of their actual parts. Yeah. Right. And so she was just explaining the statistics on that is that harassment drops as we're more confident in our own bodies and actually mm-hmm. know what things are called. 
And I mean, that's the best, like, that's it. That's all I can really do as a dad, you know, it's just like help not be weirded out by, you see it so much time. It's like, Oh my God, the father's changing diapers. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God, they, they plug their, even on TV, right? It's like a kid poops and you plug your nose and it's just like, it's like, that's part of life. Like get over yourself. Right. right? Oh my God, I got to clean somebody's butt. You know, it's not the most, you know, it's not flattering. It's not yeah. like sexy, but yeah. there's this, I think this, we really are insecure regarding our own behavior or what men have done to women that we see in the news. And we automatically think as soon as I have a daughter, that's going to happen to her. Yeah. And, and that's hard. It's, that's hard. It's work. hard. It's that's hard why work. it'd be easier to just have a boy because then you're because just like, it, you're good, bro. <laughs> like, right. But then we, we carry on the toxic mindset yeah. to our sons. Right. Because we're not is, healing because the issue is not the daughter. The issue is us as men, mm. right? The issue is it's our responsibility as men to fix this problem. The problem is created by us, right? And so it's our responsibility to fix it. And that's when things get hard and uncomfortable. And then instead of as our sons get older and they become more aware and they might be calling this stuff out or having this conversation like I'm doing, it makes it creates distance in the family between the father, son and that that environment mm. right and then it could be create distance between the mother son based off of how the environment's been and yeah like it's on us but if we have sons we don't have to fix it we don't have to worry about it because we have a son right we right? just, just we can, perpetuate it <laughs> correct we can drink with our son on game days we can go to sporting events we can throw catching balls and right. but then the son goes out there and i don't know why he acts like that he was such <laughs> a good kid like you, anytime any so like that neighbor does some crazy traumatic crap, like kills the kills the whole family and commits suicide and the whole thing. It's like he was such a good man. I don't know why right. would happen. He was such a good person. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like they're always good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's it, yeah. I. It's an interest. It's like it's it's kind of hard either way. If you have a girl, it could be hard because you have to face your own shit. And if you have a boy, it could be hard. And I think that's that's where like you know it's just you you mentioned like the will smith the bad boys movie yeah right and i think that's why like and this is a different show but comedy is so frustrating because it's the same jokes right it's like just the same like i'm tired of seeing the dad with the gun you know as the daughter drives you know the car backs out with the date you know it's just like okay the joke is done like i'm done like i've laughed at that it's not funny anymore please like let's move on um and even this this concept so many when i had when i would tell people they're like oh like what are you having right there was everyone only asks you what are you having right and so sometimes i would go on a spiel and be like you know it doesn't really matter because you don't know what they're gonna be And, and then sometimes you're just like you know at the grocery store and someone randomly asks you and I, I guess the truth is I felt obligated, which I shouldn't have felt obligated, but sometimes I did. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it's a boy. And the amount of times people would be like, oh, like they, they like you could tell they thought that it was cool, like great. Or, oh, you're first. I remember specifically someone saying like, wow, you're first a boy. That's great. And I just think it was like, OK, like, sure, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like now I'm like thinking like, oh, yeah, that's. That's right, because that's it's a family. It's a boy. It's a family name. It's they'll protect all your daughters you might have if you die or some shit, you know. So, yeah, I just if if you're like if you're not pregnant, 
but your partner is, or if you are pregnant, like then, you know, I think it's interesting to think about how do you actually feel about having a, you know, a born girl or a born boy, right? A male or a female. How do you feel about that? And where can you unpack some stuff? That's a yeah. lot of the work I did when I found out we were having a male, a male, like it was just like, okay, I guess I have to unpack a lot of this stuff because I am not as excited that it's a boy than a girl. And I, that speaks volumes and I did a lot of work and I'm still doing work all the time. I'm constantly always doing work all the time because I do, I think about like, oh yeah, like we could go see a Giants game and drink a beer. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm like, and that's not inherently toxic. Like there's nothing wrong with that. No, right. There's nothing but, wrong with watching football. Right. But what's the conversation I'm having with my son in that, right. in that football game? What are we, what is he talking to me about? How am I responding to that? What am I talking to him about? Like that is the stuff that, that that's the stuff that could be turn it from just a great, like yeah. masculine filled energy room to like, what is going on? This is not cool. Well, it's um, even like marriage, right? If we take that as an example, there, there's a difference between, you know, it's, how do I want to explain it? Basically just marriage. Like our kids perception of marriage is man and woman because first they live in a house that a man and woman are married together, right? Like we are married and we're a man and a woman. So right there, they're, they're programmed to be like, that's the way it is. So when they mention things like that, in, we also have books that are between a man and man getting married. Actually, that, we don't have any books of women, women getting married, but we have man and man getting married. And so we just, just drop, you know, if Penelope says something, we'd be like, well, you know, there's other possibilities of just a man and woman getting married. So I think as the conversation evolves through our kids, we just present all the opportunities that are there mm -hmm. that exist. And I think that's what we can do better is that's how we improve. I think the dynamics of the situation, there's also the other part where we think we control our kids, <laughs> you know, like it's like, I can control my daughter, which in, we do that through power, right? We, we, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we scare them. That's what we do. Scare them, right? We terrify them through power. In men, it's very easy. Anger is is very outward. It's very loud. It's very vocal. And we feel that's like there's an element of feeling safety there. You know, it's even when like Trump and Biden got over the last election in the debate, just these two dudes up on stage, like they both presented the same way. They both would yell. They would be like, this is the way it is. I mean, Trump was definitely more out there than Biden, but Biden does the same, right? It's like that. They're about the same age as men. They come up from the same generation. They do the same. We will get this handled. Even Biden's, you know, talks that he does now, right? And these are leaders of this country that have been elected president, but it's the same type of dynamic. That's how we show strength. We show mm -hmm. strength and power in this direction. And so when I watch mm -hmm. that, I'm like, okay, so those are the presidents of the United States. And this is how I'm supposed to act. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we we reflect that in a way and then we take that to our families. We take that to our kids. We take that to our daughters mm -hmm. and we use that as a as men in this society. That's how it is. That's how we mm -hmm. portray that, you know, and, and we uphold it in family dynamics, too. Like Jaylee and I have sure. to catch ourselves because it'll be like we don't say this language, but it shows up in an energetic way. And where it's just like, 
you know, mom said to do this, mom says, mom says to do this. Right. And then it's like, I'm going to get your father in here and you're going to go to right. bed. That's the one right. for my family growing up. Wait till your father comes home. Right. It's like, what's right. he going to do? Well, he right. can spank you harder is what happens. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. exactly. He'll he scare the shit out of you. He can physically and, uh, abuse you. Right. At a, yeah, mom, you listening to this? Yeah, we'll have a console. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that's what we will, it's a physically, there's like a physical well, abuse that will come where it will hurt more than what I can do. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I didn't have that in my family. Yes. Yeah, uh, because when back. I was three, my parents got divorced. And so my mom would never, could never be like, I'm going to call your father who's 30 minutes like, away. Don't like. <laughs> right. You know, like, and he's going to, you know, so, so that was never really something that went on. Right. You know, it wasn't, I didn't have that dynamic yet. Here I am. Now we haven't had a situation like what I just explained, but sometimes I do find myself being like, you know, I hear Jenny, I hear genuinely like frustrated with Antler and trying to get him to do something or listen to her or whatever. And then I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to set shit straight. He's going to listen yeah. to me. And then I go in there and motherfucker doesn't listen to me either. You no. know, he just, he just like literally sometimes will just slap me. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm just like, I have, I am not in control either. Sorry, babe. Well, it's even <laughs> sometimes it's for more, it's me like physically moving. Penelope like if she's having a mm -hmm. meltdown or whatever I'll just like pick her up and Kate will be sitting there talking and she's like that actually freaks her out more like right her face she can be like Don't what's happening her. like yeah. I just got yeah. drastically or quick very quickly picked up and you know moved and I didn't want to go right. anywhere type thing right and so yeah it's the comfortableness of just yeah. expressing emotions and feelings and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. one last thing before we leave yeah right? Um, we were, we've been in this parenting class with this woman, Jenny Luther, G I N N Y L U T H. And she's certified master trainer in conscious discipline. Mm. Love this training when it comes to kids, but really it's how we change ourselves around it. And you can find there's, there's information out there. It was started by a woman by the name of Becky Bailey, I think, but conscious discipline.com. And she was, I forgot where I was going with this. Now we were just. But just the content of how we, because it reflects on back to us. Mm. All the stuff when it comes to kids reflects like we're talking about today. So it's even just how we address kids when they're struggling or having emotional outbursts. It's, it <laughs> comes back to us sitting with the uncomfortable feelings, mm. right? It's sitting with this process. And I feel like with the protector attitude of men, over women because that's where we felt we needed to be and it avoids us dealing with our own stuff right mm -hmm. and i think when it comes to as the parent aspect too it gets this because we're learning from how we grew up we're learning from what our parents did we, it's like passed down in this way and yeah i had something yeah. else to say about that but i went blank explaining that so that's sorry fine. guys no worries yeah. you're good <laughs> You're good. Sorry, people listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, overall, like, I just then that's why we're here, trying to do better. Yeah. And then hopefully, our sons will, like my son Andler, will do better. Your daughters will feel stronger and more empowered. And then, with the hope of all of us doing our part, all men from all walks of life, no matter how you were born, no matter how you live now no matter your sexuality, any of these things, like we could just all work on our shit and try to heal just a little bit. 
just a little bit just yeah, move that just needle a little, a little bit and then hopefully it'll it'll move it will change it's not a hope it will because we can see how it how you know all of the toxicity has in started to like shift right we yes. shifted it was shifting so um yep. so yeah we'll just keep shifting and keep having these conversations we always appreciate all of y'all for listening um if you want to engage in some more conversation with us and the rest of our community you can go to our instagram at the state of men and you could also leave us a five-star review i will never stop saying that so you can go and do that wherever you listen to podcasts and we just appreciate y'all we appreciate you so much for having this conversation We love y'all and we'll catch you in the next episode.